Hey, Jonathan. I'm sorry it's been so long since I've been in touch. The podcast has been doing a new series focused loosely on Alberta. We take turns planning an episode and sort of surprise the other hosts with the topic, story, or experience. I know it's extremely short notice, but I'm wondering if you're available to record with us tomorrow night. I think it would be really interesting to hear your story and about what it's like to work with the Pride Society in a place like Central Alberta. I also saw that you won a Young Entrepreneur Award, congrats, and have been participating in drag events. We'd love to hear about that as well. Again, I know it's very short notice, so no pressure. Just let me know if you're interested and we can crank out the details. This episode of The Harmonious Gentleman is brought to you by our friends at Blind Man Brewing, makers of Central Alberta's best craft beer, purveyors of delicious tacos, and hosts of all kinds of harmonious fun. They don't like to brag about it, but they've won Brewery of the Year in Alberta and Best in Show at the Canadian Brewing Awards. Head to Lacombe and check them out. Well, if podcast episodes were the number of Corinthian style columns in the temple of Olympian Zeus, which as you guys know, is in Athens, Greece, which, and is also the largest temple ever built in Greece. You'd know this has to be episode 104 of the harmonious gentleman. I got a bit lost in the story. 104 what? <laughs> columns. Okay. In the Corinthian style. So as you guys know, every column pillar has a capital, which is the top mm-hmm. of that. The Corinthian style is the one with the leaves okay, as okay. opposed to the Doric and Ionic com- capitals. Oh, okay. I think you'd agree that the Ionic is the nicest. Corinthian's a little presumptuous. It just but. depends on how I'm feeling, I think, <laughs> yeah. on that day. Yeah. yeah. But we, one thing's for sure. I'm Graham. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Tyler. <laughs> yeah, I'm Chris. <laughs> and I love columns. I do, too. We were just in Vegas recently, Shannon and I, walking through the Venetian, uh, which is this huge uh, casino. And they had a mix of Doric, Ionic, and Corinthian capitals and I said to Shanna, is this a little gaudy to see them all mixed up? And she said, what the actual <laughs> are you talking about? Isn't the whole point of Vegas to be gaudy, though? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, that's kind so of by fits, definition. It fits, for sure. So did you have to do any research for this episode for the beginning? Or did you just no, know that? No, I mean, I didn't know that there were 104 columns in oh, that okay. temple. But as soon as I saw it, so I was like, asking. oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> How was Vegas? Fun. Cool. Yeah. How was Ireland? It was very, it was awesome. It was a great experience. You guys should go sometime. Can you, you do like a, an accent for us? Uh, no. No, that's fair. No. <laughs> don't blame me. Can you? <laughs> I don't want to offend anyone. Mine always sounds like a pirate whenever I try to do. Mm. I don't want to offend any pirates. <laughs> right. We have a strong pirate fan base on the podcast. <laughs> so Tyler, we're here in your house again. And I love, yeah. I love the, the um, lack of pressure when it's, not my turn yeah how do you feel chris about that i the pressure is mounting because i come after tyler's episode and i'm a little worried because it's getting closer to my turn Mm -hmm. yeah but tonight is almost pressure free i had some i talked to some family who um i think a friend or a family member who was in michener years and years ago as a as a patient patient? yes Hello. And, and we didn't get into it, but I, I, we will. Like, I'm really curious. And like they, on the podcast? Well, I said, like, maybe you could write us an email and yeah. give us some, you know, just a story. And they said that would be fine. It's very so. interesting. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of feedback. I've had a few conversations, but... Yeah. Right on. We do love the feedback. So, Tyler, this is the first sort of surprise guest tonight. Yeah. So, I'm curious to see how it goes. There's a bit of a plan. And you, if you've heard the, the opening to the episode, it's planned very last minute. Mm-hmm. But I think... Uh, and for listeners, our our guest, Jonathan, isn't here yet. Right. So when um, you hear hear their voice on the episode, it will be when Graham and Chris meet them for the first time. Yeah. And, and me. I've and actually never, never even met them. Met we've them. we've okay. communicated a little bit. Um, so we'll see how it goes. It's kind of fun to have a surprise guest. It yeah. is. Graham and I did not know even what this episode was about. No. But we did know somebody was going to be here. Mm-hmm. For my episode... I thought there might be surprise guests, <laughs> but it didn't actually there end up happening. There was a chance. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, that's cool, Tyler, that you, that you reached out. I'm excited. Yeah. So now we just wait for, for them yeah. to arrive. Should this just be dead air for 15 minutes? I, I was wondering. How dedicated are the listeners? Yeah. Are they just going to sit through waiting for the guests to arrive? Well, we'll uh, <laughs> come back in a we'll moment. We'll see. In a moment? All right. This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive. Delicious and creative dishes, a huge variety of locally crafted drinks, and building community in Red Deer and Lacombe. They're the gents' favorite place to grab a bite. This is really exciting because we just met our guest, Jonathan. Thanks for being here, Jonathan. Yeah, it's no problem. I am super stoked to be here. I've I've listened to a few of you got a few of your podcasts and I've really enjoyed a lot of just the the camaraderie you guys have and and how open you are to just new things and it's refreshing <laughs> oh that's awesome yeah. and we're yeah open for the first time to have a special surprise guest so it's nice <laughs> to meet you in person awesome. sometimes um when we do have guests we like to ask them to tell us a little bit about themselves but yeah. in the format of who are you where do you come from and where are you going yeah for sure um i would say like a little bit about who I am. Um, like, of course, I'm Jonathan. Uh, I've lived in uh, Lacombe for close to, I would say it's about 13 years now. Um, so I've been here for a hot second. I was born in Grand Prairie. Um, uh, my family originally was from BC. Uh, I am technically non-binary, so I go by they, them pronouns or they, he pronouns. I'm not very specific at the moment. I'm still kind of figuring out my own my own path with that um so i'm i'm very open to just kind of how it goes um but yeah i'd say that a little about me is that of course that i'm openly queer in the community i um would say i've been out for only like three years and then before that i was in the closet for a very long time a lot of people knew it wasn't it was quite obvious um <laughs> it was kind of hard to hide when you're a bubbly very bubbly personality and you're just kind of like "Ooh, i love that and it was like slay um so it's kind of my own little thing um so how my parents didn't really know i was gay was a little bit you know shocking but they probably did i haven't talked to them about that but (laughs) um but yeah i'd say uh yeah i have four siblings um we've all grown up in lacombe or sorry three siblings i'm the fourth or third and then my brother's the fourth um and yeah we've all grown up in lacombe i have like three nephews and nieces that i absolutely love um they're all just amazing um 
Yeah, and I'd say that I'm a very artsy person. I love to explore, to do photography, to do, um, to create and to design and do different things and um, venture into areas that I haven't been before. So like, like designing, I'm starting to kind of get into more like um, when it comes to like designing your own merch and stuff and kind of doing my own artistry things that it's something that I was like you're not an artist and then for the longest of time I was like okay let's just try it just try it and just do it and so eventually I was like you know what I'll just do it um and one of the main sources of my art I would say is my makeup I love just doing going ham on my makeup I <laughs> I think it's just so much fun just to kind of try new things to do different looks to really play and for the longest of time like I said I didn't think I was an artist and then when I started doing makeup I was just like oh my my face is my canvas so it's just something that I, I I've realized more recently um, but I've always been like an artsy person I've been in dramas I was I, I say it's a gay Hollywood producer because it was so, so fruity that it was just, I came out in the middle of the show in a dress and a mop on my head screaming that there was pirates on a ship. Like it was, <laughs> it's an interesting story to say the least, but that I ended up in the, the Pinocchio newspaper for that one. So okay. let's not look into that. But <laughs> I'm Googling that right um, now. Are there pictures? <laughs> Maybe, unfortunately. <laughs> um, my parents probably have them somewhere in their house and, uh, and hidden and ready to go when someone comes over and is like, well, this is Jonathan in his play. Yeah. He was in the newspaper. Oh, thanks, Mom. <laughs> Love it when everyone sees me. <laughs> well, now I wear dresses usually, so it's not really that much of a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've always done like very arts, artsy things. I would say that I've always been a strong advocate for people. I um, try to speak up for the people that don't have a voice mm. that or that struggle to really speak for themselves. Um, I try to champion everyone to to be who they are authentically. I believe that when we are all authentically ourselves, we create something that's um, just, I'm gonna use the word harmonious and that sounds very cheesy, but um, I, I would say that <laughs> we it's- We love that. Yeah, word. there you go, right? <laughs> I don't think it's cheesy at all, it's a cool word. Um, but I'd say it's just, it, it, it creates something that I think um, uh, is so often forgotten or so often kind of let go when, and when all the things of the world kind of co coincide and clash. So I try to um, champion people to just authentically live themselves. And, and for me, that looks like I, I try to be very evident out in the community. I try to show people the world that they may not see every day, especially in Lacombe, one where, you know, a guy wearing a dress with makeup walking down the street is not something you see every day. Um, but I, I, I like trying to change and challenge that and try to to introduce people into this, this um, idea that uh, there is this beautifully diverse world and mm -hmm. that living outside of the bubble is something that's going to bring so much knowledge and and acceptance and love to you. Um, and honestly, I feel that when we explore other cultures and explore other things in our society, that we start to really understand the nuances between different humanities, different groups of people, and we start to connect a lot more. So mm -hmm. I find that I try that is something I try to be uh, confident in. I'd say like, um, like where I'm going, I, I would say, 
I'll do it in the literal sense. I would love to be a politician. Um, I've always kind of had a thing for politics. Uh, it's unfortunate, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I enjoy it. I, I, I see so much um, work that politicians put in. And of course, not all politicians are fantastic, but um, I really do think that I, as someone who's queer out and non-binary that having a representation of that in your government is going to be something that a lot of people rel will relate to. Um, so I hope eventually one day that that's in the cards. Um, still got a lot of ways to go in, in many different aspects. But yeah, I'd say like that's kind of who I am. I'm open to just new things in life and trying new things and, and exploring the world around me and, and mm. it, trying to to not redefine like anything, but try to show the world that there's more to it than just black and white. Mm. So I try that. I try to be who I am is just a colorful human being that is just has so many different sides that you really don't know what's going to come out <laughs> next. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. you answered that question really well. Oh, awesome. Okay. Um, I was yeah. nervous about that one. <laughs> I think podcast I leads over. I yeah. myself. Okay. I think we could wrap it up. It says, yeah, it was a wonderful answer. Yeah. Awesome. This segment is brought to you by Veldheisen Construction. They have been building incredible homes for over 30 years. The Veldheisen team will guide you step-by-step step through the design and build process. The finished product will be your design, your selections, your beautiful home. If you're looking to build in central or northern Alberta, call today to get started. Go to veldheisen.ca or see the show notes to get in touch. I, I did have one kind of, I mean, this question will be quick, I think. Okay. Are you, how old are you? I'm 22. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm quite young. <laughs> I know. Everyone how, thinks I'm older. How long have you been like involved in the, the Pride Society? Oh, yeah. Um, I would say that from like, I would say like for a long time, um, I wasn't really involved in anything like Pride or anything LGBTQ. My family was actually quite against it for a long period of time. Um, they were on the more conservative side of Christianity. And so it was... A difficult conversation when we started when I came out um, I actually have my sister is also queer um, and she came out before I did and it was definitely a challenging situation with her um, and I think over time my parents saw um, a lot of things different in a different light and they really started to question a lot of things um, and then when I came out they really were like we really want to make sure that you feel loved and accepted for who you are and we don't think that um, our place is to tell you what not or not to do um, as an adult and as someone who knows himself. And I, I'd say that about a year after I came out, my I was sitting in my car with my dad. And it's such a, like, a thing in my head that sticks um, because it was a big thing uh, for him to really come to that point. And he had said to me, he was like... Um, he goes, he's, uh, we're just sitting in the car and we're about to go inside. And he's just like, I just wanted to say something. And he's like, it's like, ever since you had come out, your joy is something that I envy. Mm. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, and it's something that it's really difficult because for the longest of time, my dad, um, struggled with anxiety, struggled with really 
deep interpersonal issues and for him to look at me and to recognize that me outside of that place that I was in is more me than I've ever been mm. was something that he saw on a whole other level and it opened his eyes to so much more like he was like it's like I've searched my entire life for that for that joy that you have so freely and he's like I've never found it and he's like you possess it so much more than than anyone I've seen in both in the Christian faith and he's like and like he related it back to the Bible and back to a part where he was like it says in the Bible that joy comes from God and that that's something that's um, something that's really stuck with me is that for the longest of time like there's a lot of different areas in queer culture where religion and um, being queer or being in the LGBTQ community is so difficultly difficultly orchestrated you you have groups that hate you for who you are and then you have people like St. Andrew's Church who are loving and accepting and are trying to move in that direction of support and love but you know there's still so much trauma behind it so for him to say that to me it was something that I, I took with a lot of respect because as someone who struggled with their journey of self-acceptance uh, I struggled with suicide for a long time like it was definitely something that came full circle for me and I saw that a lot more um so when it came time I would say like that was a few months before the pride society had kind of gotten started back in January of this year um I was watching the United States and just the amount of anti-LGBTQ laws I think they were up to like 500 and something I was I was so exhausted from seeing that. And I kind of started to see, and I, I knew that Canada, since being so close neighbors, it's a difficult thing to try and separate our two sides. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it overflows eventually. And so I knew that something like that was going to happen in Canada, which it has, unfortunately. But at that point, I was like, okay, you, there's a turning point right now. You can either decide you want to move out of this town, you want to leave, go to a big city, you can be with your own community, you get to enjoy your life, you get to be queer and be open and just live. Or you can stay here and fight. And you can stay here and change the community that you could see what could be. And ultimately, I chose to stay, um, not only just because of the queer community. I, I love my family and everything, So, I, and I love this community. I think it's something that it's a place where neighbors are, you know, so easily accessible that you find people on the street that you can have a conversation with. And I really wanted this, this Pride Society to be about changing the community so that everyone in it can feel safe and loved and accepted for who they are and like even with the unveiling of the heart of like this last year i thought it was so fitting i was like it's great like it's 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 a community initiative so um like chris and graham do you know no i'm what not the sure heart what you're is? referring to there sorry yeah it's uh well, there's a big heart in lacombe mm -hmm. oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah you so it beats different colors depending on the month. Oh. It was something that the DARP committee, which was like a, an extension of the city council, put out in place. Um, and they kind of did this whole theme around downtown Lacombe being the heart of downtown Lacombe. And so we kind of ran with that a little bit. And 
and like one of our our main Pride Society's events took place in the same park that it was at, which was awesome. Um, but going back, it was something that I was like, okay, I want this to be. I want this community to be what I can see it being. I I know that people can love and change and understand things a lot more, and through knowledge and breaking down the stereotypes and really creating safe spaces and communities, it's it's going to change. So I'd say like the end of January, I started, I just literally just got like a little Facebook account all done up. I was sharing it to 50 million pages. I was doing as much as I could to get the word out there to be like, anyone help me. Um, <laughs> and um, thankfully a friend from Saskatchewan who helped kind of get a program there in place was able to help me uh, figure out kind of the first steps of starting it, and that was getting a board. And so I kind of like did up a Google Doc, or they did, and they gave it to me, and they just restructured it. And it basically just asked some very generic questions, but still questions that were deep enough that I could be like, okay, this person is a strong advocate, or is a part of the queer community, or this. And why I had done it not in the sense of like I wanted everyone on my board to be LGBTQ is because I know that there's this town is more nuanced than that the city is more nuanced than that you can't just have queer voices leading queer voices you need a big broad stroke of everyone And then we really started thinking about, okay, should we do a pride pride event of some sort? And we were like, we don't know. We're like, we're still new. We're like, should we test other waters? And so we were very tentative about doing a full pride week. So we did just a pride weekend because we were like, mm -hmm. we're like, okay, pride week might be too much, but a pride weekend might be doable. And so we started planning. Um, we started asking like community members, things like that. Um, and all the while, like I kept sharing, I kept trying to build the social media. Um, there was a point, I think we have like 600 to 700 followers between Instagram and, and Facebook, um, which isn't like massive, but for having no money spent on advertising, just sharing and trying to get the word out there and doing all that stuff. It, it's been it's great to see that number be where it's at and to reach the community we're pretty impressed by those numbers yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard Amazing. it's, it's really hard <laughs> it's not easy um and so it's definitely something that was like a little shocking to see to see that it was a little bit more and of course during the election um there was a lot of a lot of stuff that came up um just some things <laughs> um yeah. Yeah. that really affected the community on a broader spectrum um our one board member candace uh she she loves to display her love for her kids and that's through decorations through pride celebrations i think she from at the end of the day i think she had by the end of june or the end of july she had been vandalized her house had been vandalized about 12 times mm. um from people throwing cups is her house in lacombe yes yeah from people throwing cups of mud at her door to um having parents dress their kid up and race onto the lawn to pull down flags and rip things apart and um 
so many times um, the police, you know, like, and of course, when you don't, she has cameras, but they're always very strategic. They're, they're very clever. Um, and they and I, there was so many people that, and she would share it. And there were so many people that were like, why don't you just take it down? Why don't you just, just, if you don't want it vandalized, just take it down. And she had referenced this one story and it was these kids that were walking to school and they see this house and they're like, oh my gosh, like it's covered in rainbows. Like, my gosh. And they do little hearts as they're walking by and they just kind of scream, thank you for being this safe space. And it was something that, it was just one moment, one moment compared to the 12 other moments that she was like, you know what? this is needed. And so every time she, she bought more flags, she bought more decorations, she cemented the flagpole, she did everything she could <laughs> to be like, you know what, you're not winning. And you know, eventually it stopped. Eventually people were, they, they just were like, you know what, it is what it is. But just watching that and watching just the de-escalation of that, even it was cause it was all after the election. It was all after we had, um, so much controversy go on. And I'd say that uh, honestly, the controversy really helped our society to get where it is because we were able to speak out and we were able to be like, look, home is this beautiful place. And one person does not represent who we are as a community. Um, Unfortunately, does but um <laughs> she, yeah, say, that in this case she that's the actual definition um but <laughs> it, when it came to its people like i think that's something that's so evident is that um this community has a big heart and has a lot of passion for making sure that um love is one of the main things and acceptance and and um but also just really being a community is a big thing. Um, so I'd say during the month of July, we went into the Lacombe Pride or Lacombe Days Parade, sorry. I call it Pride Parade because I was like, it was so much fun. Um, <laughs> we had we had scheduled to have only a few volunteers. Um, show up like, I would say about like 12. Uh, by the end of our like staging period, we had about 20 to 25 volunteers show up to walk with us. Um, it was the first time an LGBTQ float had been in Lacombe Days Parade. First mm-hmm. time an LGBTQ non-for-profit was in Lacombe Days Parade. Um, and of course, you know, we got some interesting looks, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of, a lot of it was very positive. A lot of right. it was a lot of just love and acceptance. And, and that was kind of where I would say, our like Instagram really started to pick up was we handed out little flyers just with our like save the date Mm -hmm. of come on this day. And it was a little QR code. And I'd say like our number skyrocketed that day. I I, close to maybe a hundred in that day, um, which was nuts to me. I was watching it and like, a lot of my other board members don't like social media. <laughs> so right. I was the one that was like, social media, everything. Yeah. Um, and and like on top of it, and like me and Candace were like, go, go, go. And so having that, that momentum, we were like, okay, let's just go for it. So we were planning our Pride weekend. Um, I honestly like, it was amazing. I was like, I wouldn't have changed a single. Th- I mean, I mean, I would have given myself more time to plan it, <laughs> and maybe like we would have had a lot more <laughs> structure to plan it. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, that's your first year. It's your own. You're trying something new. You're in the community. Um, we had events from pups and pints, which was like a, a, a uh, just like a beer. Bring your dog, dress them up. Mm-hmm. You know, 
kind of have a great little fun night. We had like a little photo booth, went off great. Um, Blind Man had donated some stuff for our silent auction the next day, which was awesome. Um, we eventually like through kind of, I reached out to a lot of people. I was like, I was like sending letters. I was, I was doing, doing the things and like we all were, that was the big thing. We were all on top of it. Cause we were like, we want this to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, we designed flyers. We did it all. It was literally just our board. <laughs> Five members were oh, doing right. this whole thing. Of course, again, we'll have a little bit better structure for next time um, because we were all very exhausted afterwards. But along the lines of like we had, um, we sold out of our, our drag night. Um, we had three drag um, entertainers come from Edmonton. Um, and they were fantastic. Uh, we were scheduled to have we had sold out of the the vip tickets ahead of time and then we knew that the tickets were selling out pretty fast um thankfully lpac is is it's quite accommodating and, and works with us so the day of the amount of people that just walked in and wanted to buy a ticket was insane i think the total amount of tickets that we sold was 97 um which was like yeah. like a lot <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for yeah. for one of lacombe's first like drag drag sure. shows of course like uglies put on a few um before that point but it was definitely one that was on a a bigger scale and we are biting a little a little more off than we can chew <laughs> sorry i would say that we yeah no we bit off more than we chew but <laughs> but it was it went off amazingly mm-hmm. i i did a little drag performance um i do a little bit of drag um and then the next that same day we had our pride in the park which was um we had like a queer um bipoc indigenous market where you could buy local things things from edmonton all of them were local um or like made it themselves or queer or stuff like that um we also had like um, a DJ. We had drag performers that day. Um, we just had some arts and crafts and things. And seriously, the um, the amount of people that we had was more than we what we expected. We we didn't really plan food wise for that amount of people because we were doing free food because we had a lot of different sponsors that were able we were able to um, get some to give it out for free. So we just had a bucket to kind of take donations. And I think like halfway through the day, we had to go get like another pack of like a hundred burgers because we were running out and we were like, oh my gosh, okay. There's a lot more people. Um, and like raised, even just from that bucket was like 300 somewhat dollars of just people donating to to help, um, which was amazing. Uh, I, big shout out to the volunteers that stayed on that that barbecue all day it was like 30 some degrees too yeah. it was not it was not cold um we had like an indigenous elder come from Masquachis, um and they they really explained some of the history of lacombe um of before it was even lacombe like uh, just the land that we we're on um they were amazing um but yeah it, we had an everybody swim we were able to rent the um pool here and we had just kind of an inclusive swim day where or swim hour where you could just show up and and just feel like you were in a safer space Mm -hmm. than if you were to go to a public pool um and then like the day before we had also had like rdnf rdnfs in uh, like a little it was like a i'd say it was like a flag raising celebration because we were able to raise a pride flag at the michener house museum along with their blanket reveal that they had been working on um 
and then so we had like a little celebration barbecue afterwards with um, a puppy adoption vent and we had some fun there and again like we were this is a lot going on in one weekend (laughs) it was and that's why I was like definitely needed needed to have a little bit more I would say like organization but or more people to help Mm -hmm. but um, we still were just blown away by the overall result like Mm. we were just astonished that so many people were so susceptible to having yeah. a pride weekend in Lacombe and so many people were just on board and it was it was honestly just a blast I I just I was just living my best life I was just like <laughs> for me it was something that had been a long time coming I had wanted this community to be safer I wanted it to be um one that I could build a, a community and um a queer community space in and and really grow from there and I think we've accomplished that uh, relatively well and relatively fast, yeah. um, which is awesome. Um, I've definitely, and there's always a few bumps and we're getting everything figured out for next year and trying to iron out some things. But yeah, I'd say definitely being in this journey of like watching this little baby dream of mine grow is something that I was like, Ooh, okay, <laughs> this is a little, yeah. this is a little faster than I thought it was. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan, you seem like an optimistic person. You seem (laughs) Mm -hmm. my, the, also, we haven't been able to ask you any questions. I know I've been talking so much. I am so sorry. (laughs) No, but you're, but the thing is you're answering a lot of my questions by just continuing on. So (laughs) I love that. It's totally fine. But my, my question that was going to ask was about the, the challenges, um, of being a part of a pride society in central Alberta and the celebrations. And it sounds like I'm, I'd say kind of surprised and maybe it's, well, I'll make this into a question for you to answer. I'm surprised at how much success you're sharing Mm -hmm. and how little challenge (laughs) you're talking about. And so my question to you is, is that because you're choosing to share Mostly the positive. I wonder, I wonder if Jonathan can answer that after we get a word in from our sponsor. Is that okay? <laughs> I love that. That's Is that okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. He Good needs he it. needs time to think about it anyways. Uh, yeah, he does. I do. Okay. Don't worry. I was like, I'll process it. <laughs> This segment is brought to you by the King's University in Edmonton, Alberta. Offering an exceptional liberal arts education from a Christian perspective, King's degree programs integrate internships, work learning, study abroad experiences, and research opportunities. The King's University, bright hope for tomorrow. So I'm going to tweak my question for you, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> still thinking about challenges and uh, successes, but maybe going back into your story a bit, you mentioned that you grew up in a, like a, with a conservative kind of Christian family. Could you tell us a little bit about maybe what that was like when you were coming out? And then uh, even since then, Mm -hmm. what is your relationship with the church been? Mm -hmm. That's uh, been a theme on our our podcast, so it'd be kind of cool to go there. I feel like it's a theme that's very prominent right now. But um, when I was younger, I would say I kind of knew I was always a little bit different. Um, During around the age of like 14, I really started to question a lot of things that a lot of people were telling me. I had had my first girlfriend when I was 16, and 
I really, I, I, I would say I genuinely really liked her. She was sweet. She was nice. Um, but there's always just something that I was just like, I could never really explain. And I, I couldn't keep trying to be someone that I wasn't. So I needed to find myself first. So I kind of did my own internal diving around. I had, you know, some mistakes that I did when I was that age and it was just not a good time. But eventually I really started to, to go back and question and be like, okay, what side of things um, and what area of things do I feel feel that I need to explore more about? Um, and so one of those side of things was what LGBTQ meant because when you're in the church, they don't say anything. <laughs> they don't talk about it. They don't. They don't say anything. I think I remember my pastor talking about it once, and then I asked my dad that night, and he was just kind of like, oh, "I don't know," and kind of like left. And I was just like, "Okay, sounds good." Um, and so I had to do a lot of my own like research about kind of who I was, what that relationship with the church could be. Um, I'd say it's something that's. It's a very difficult situation. I lived in South Africa um, for uh, six months back in 2020. Um, it, and I was a part of a, a group called YWAM, um, which is a youth with a mission. Um, and part of that course was a lot of self-discovering and a lot of, of even my own kind of connection with religion, with Christianity and with God specifically. Um, I wouldn't say I believe that there is a higher power. I believe that there's something out there. Uh, it's, you know what, watching us or whatever. Um, but I don't believe in the modern day Christianity. I don't believe that that is the Christianity or the religion or even the idea that God had in mind when he, when he had planned earth or had really started on this journey. And so I question a lot of teachings of, very religious texts and things like that. So growing up, I was very skeptical. I did my own research. Um, I did my own things. I did my own digging. And I, I think I knew who I was when I was about like 16, 17. And, um, you know, I, I had my first boyfriend at that point and it was, I was still in the closet. And I remember he was also in the closet. And it was just such a hard relationship that I was just like, is it going to be like this every step of the way? Like, mm -hmm. am I going to have to be in the closet and love the person I love secretly? Or can I actually be able to be okay out um, and love the person I love? And so it was definitely a challenge to get to that point. Um, and a lot of people really did help me. Um, I see, I'd say one of my biggest like inspirations was RuPaul's Drag Race. I remember watching that when I was, when I started really questioning who I was. And I think the one person I related to the most was Jinx, Jinx Monsoon. She's a, a drag queen on there. She's fantastic. She won several seasons, um, but her authenticity was something that I, I related to so much on so, uh, such a big level was she was an outcast. She was someone that no one really considered winning or really considered um, a great contestant. Um, she was the underdog and I felt like I was a little bit of the underdog. I was in this church that if I said anything that I'd be kicked out or if I, I had seen other people in that church who'd come out and them shunned, um, and removed and asked to leave. And I was terrified of that. 
after when I turned 18, after I moved back from South Africa, I lived I lived with my parents for a little bit and then moved out. Um, I stopped going to that church altogether. Um, and then when I came out a few years ago, I went back to that church for, um, I go like every once in a while for Christmas and things and, and, and I, you know, I, I'll try to dress conservatively. I tone myself down, which I hate. <laughs> like I absolutely hate yeah. um, because I'm like, but I do it because of, I don't actually know why I do it, honestly. Um, I would say that it's just something I think a lot of queer people do is that in those type of situations, they're just like, okay, I'm just going to tone myself down. And you should never have to tone yourself down. Um, in my opinion, you should be able to live your authentic self. So I'd say like during the Christmas times, I would do that. But then when my brother was graduating, I just didn't have time to change really. And I came from work with a full face of glitter and makeup and, and, and I was in, you know, a very, I had like a cardigan thing. I don't remember exactly. And I remember sitting in the church and I remember being utterly uncomfortable. I could feel every single eye focused, laser focused on me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just here to celebrate my brother. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> and it was not even that I was in church. I was just in the building. It was a grad ceremony. Right. And I still felt like I had 50 million eyes on me. After the ceremony, like just kind of stood off in a corner and I, no one talked to me. No one really associated with me. <laughs> they were just kind of like, yeah, I was just kind of talking with the people I knew. Like, there's a, there's a very select few people still in that church that I talk to on a regular basis. Um, my best friend being one of them, um, but she doesn't really go to that church much anymore. But um, but it was definitely something that when I went outside, because I was just like, okay, I can't be in here anymore. <laughs> I have to go right. outside. Um, where my brother was and all his friends were, they were just like, oh, like, come hang out with us. Like, come take photos. Like, do all this. And I really had this, like awakening moment that a lot of a lot of these kids you know will grow up with their understanding of religion and church and follow that way but a lot of them have made their own decisions have started to really think for themselves and see what the problem is in the world and and it's definitely not queer people that's for sure <laughs> and i think a lot of people especially my brother's age and like my brother is straight he has a girlfriend they've been dating for like two years like like it's a whole thing and and i remember going to one of his choir concerts which was a homeschool choir concert very conservative choir concert it was during covid so it was like a little bit risky i had a mask on no one else did let's just not talk about that side of it um and i was in a full black gown and full face of makeup red lip heels everything and it was like i kid you not it was a farm because it was covid it was a farm in the middle of the boonies um a couple hundred cowboy farmers were there i walked in and i was like oh god i was like this is, this is, this is not what i expected and i like sat in the back like i knew a few people and i knew you know the amount of eyes it was but it was a little less judgment because they were more focused on this stage um but i remember going up to my brother afterwards and he was hanging with his friends and all of his friends were like what and like my brother was like hey like how are you doing like i'm so glad you could make it gave me a hug like we talked we chatted <laughs> i left and my mom texted me later that night and his friends had asked him and they were like 
why do you why do you hang out with him why do you even talk to him like he's and there he was like what do you mean he's my brother like why wouldn't i was like that seems kind of like a dick kind of move and i'm like like oh okay and it was when i really started to realize that he looked at me as a human and didn't look at me as gay he looked at me as a person and that is more than what I could say for 90% of the people in my life at that point. And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, I think my family is going to be the biggest supporters of me and is going to eventually get to a point where they they understand that it's just me. Um, and they did. And I, they honestly are some of my biggest supporters. I, I would say that they have been there in every job I've had. They have supported me in every move I've made. They've they've really championed me. And of course my mom's always worried about my security and stuff. She's like, be safe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I will be. And she's like, I know you will, but still there's people out there that are crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. I would say that it's definitely, it was definitely a challenge. It was definitely something that I had to take a lot of therapy for. Um, but overall, like I, I honestly wouldn't have changed it because it really helped me figure out who I was. And that was something that I don't think a lot of people know who they are in the world. And yeah, I just think it was positive in that sense in that it really showed me who I was. Um, unfortunate that it had to happen through that way, but mm. I think through my story, a lot of people can relate and see that their own story is not that crazy and hard or difficult compared to someone else's but that it's just their own journey. So I think we're getting close to our final segment, Jonathan, and we like to wrap up our conversations by talking about how to continue to talk about these things, but harmoniously. And you've already touched on how being in central Alberta, you use the word nuanced. That's a nuanced conversation. So can you give us some practical tips on how to talk about these issues Mm -hmm. with the people around us? For sure. Uh, One, I would say um, know history. Know the history of the queer liberation movement understand um, not only just Stonewall, but understand Canada's history, understand how in depth it goes, understand that only even just last year um, they banned conversion therapy. So like there's so many different things to understand about it. Um, And I would say like talking to um, actual queer individuals is a big one. Um, understand their own journey, understand, learn what they um, came to the conclusion of, um, of like how their story comes full circle um, because everyone's story is very different. Um, I'd also highly recommend looking into the two-spirited world. Um, right. It's a beautiful um, story and um, of such uh, of such a cool way of thinking about the queer society um but even two-spirited people are still getting that knowledge back um because of the the residential schools so it was something really big um 
so talking with them, talking with the two-spirited community, um, figuring out that kind of thing, and then just just being open to learning more. And I think right. that is go into conversations with the expectation that I'm just going to say it, you're the idiot that you have no idea what's going to happen in this conversation and that you might understand something that you've never understood before. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people start to really understand. Um, like they, they dumb it down and they go, Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense now that I'm not having all these preconceived right. notions in my mind from what the world is telling me is all about like gender affirming care because yeah. and all these different very tiered things when it comes to society yeah. um sorry how was the word question worded again my brain oh. kind of like no you is out you answered it <laughs> yeah you answered it well okay <laughs> but I'll, I'll kind of follow up like yeah. i i'm actually i feel comfortable with what you said like going into a conversation being yeah. open-minded mm -hmm. asking questions wanting to learn that's kind of what we try to do on this podcast well, we've learned from that and don't be afraid to ask questions that's one of the biggest things is a lot right. of people and i think it's because of the mainstream media what it tells us is that i watched a tv show one time and it was this trans um kid come back came back into the house and their dad was like they use the wrong pronoun and he they blew up at him. They they were like, mm. how dare you? This And in the movie, the dad looked like he was genuinely trying. And in that sense of like, the world almost tells you how someone will react to that question. Right. When in matter of fact, you ask me, you if you, if you use the wrong pronoun, I'm not going to snap at you. I'm not going to be like, how dare you? Yeah. I'm just going to be like, hey, you, just so you know, I go by they, them. It's totally fine. You know, talk about this whatever way mm -hmm. but i think um don't be afraid to make that mistake because a lot of queer people are understanding they're understanding that not everyone is perfect and that switching your vocabulary when you've talked to someone and used that pronoun for their entirety of their life yeah. um is going to be a challenge is going to be a journey and you're going to have to have a bit of compassion on that journey for the people mm -hmm. that are asking those questions like my mom had to ask what lgbtq meant and i had to explain it and she right. still probably doesn't remember it but <laughs> <laughs> i like that you yeah. have that that angle of compassion something you said earlier that i like too was when you were talking about the makeup of your um, the board for the mm. pride events that you're, you have allies mm -hmm. and on, on the board. And I, I don't, is that typical? Like to have a, a board that's made up of like, let's face it, that represent yeah. community too. Mm. I think that's such, that's great. Yeah. I would say that it's, it's, um, pretty common. I would say that it's, it's not, I know that Pinocchio pride, um, has some more queer members than they do straight members. Um, and I know like, Caps um, or like Central Alberta Pride is all just um, bureaucrats and things like that. So it, it <laughs> each kind of one is very it's different. different. Yeah, okay. um, for us though, we were very. I wanted to be very focused on because I've always told Candace this. I've always said to her, I said, I believe this should be a P for parent and LGBTQ because the parents sometimes when you're someone like Candace who is championing their kids who is speaking out on behalf of their kids who is is taking the blunt of this hate on behalf of her kids they deserve to have that representation in there as well because mm -hmm. they are someone that's going to 
help their kid grow. So yeah. I, I, I fully believe that sh- there should be like a P in there, but I also like, I think having a dynamic of parents of, of LGBTQ people of, of lesbian, of, of queer non-binary, I think it's important um, because, and it's not just me going like, I didn't find enough queer people to cover all the people on the board and I had to fill them in with straight people. No, I put those, right. we no, put those people there. It was intentional. Right? It's yeah. intentional. It wasn't just, uh, I'm going to use Justin Trudeau as an example, but like I, I didn't just put women on my <laughs> caucus just because <laughs> to claim diversity. Yeah. I, I, we wanted to, to show that what actual diversity meant, which was meaning that you had straight people on there, meaning you had cis people on there to to come from that perspective of their outsider view of how we can better incorporate yeah. on knowledge and understanding to the queer to non queer um, individuals. So I have a quick question. Go for yeah. it. Hopefully, you ever you ever have a question that you don't really know what you're asking, but then you hope you find it along the way. We can help. That's what this is. <laughs> so as a straight white guy mm-hmm. like i want to be an ally and yeah. supportive but sometimes i feel like it can go bad like you know what i mean a, an outspoken critic a straight person is the loudest voice mm. when there's an injustice or when there's something ridiculous mm. that a politician says or does yeah <laughs> what how do you feel about that when you see that right you know what i mean like they're they're tr- i think they're it's from a good place mm-hmm. but sometimes it almost creates a backlash yeah i would say that when it comes to being an ally, when it comes to really speaking out for the queer community, I think it's the small moments that matter the most. It's those moments that when you're sitting in an Uber, that someone's, you know, talking about queer people as disgusting or something, and you just go, hey, like, I'm not queer, but I'm an ally. Can I explain something to you? And it's, for me, Mm. a lot of people that that speak out in the media against or for LGBTQ people, they are doing it out of a place of genuine love. Um, but there's a lot of people um, like Daniel Smith, who in Pride Month, you know, came out with this big statement of, oh, I support and I love. And I think we all need to, like, there's so many, there's, it's Pride Month, it's love and everything. And then turns around and takes a picture with a straight pride person. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it is, you can say it at the top of your lungs, but your actions are what's going to actively yeah. show sure. that you are an ally. So. Yeah. What I champion people to do, volunteer. Don't 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 think that you have to take this big stance of like being public and being out there because we know our allies. We know the people that we can trust. And when you relay that to us, when you are more genuine with us and you're like, I want to support you. How can I support yeah. you? Not the injustice of against gay people is so wrong and then not do anything. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of like a lot of things right? on it's all performative. Like it's all just, yeah. it's not yeah. virtual. Oh, 100%. Signaling. Like I, I, I fully believe that like a lot of, a lot of like, that's why, that's one of the other things I'll bring up is that that's why we did our Pride Weekend in August because we didn't believe because a lot of local queer societies, they do it either in August or July because they don't believe that June represents them because June is this month where everyone can just rainbow wash and can just be like, we're here for you, we support you. And they make money off of us. They, they, they sell pride Starbucks's cups Starbucks comes out, Target does yeah. a collection. They all change their logos for one month. And then as soon as that month is done, Bada bing, out the door. And so for us in August, 
it shows us that it's not just performative, the people that are supporting us, mm -hmm. but that it's an actual genuine ally saying, mm -hmm. I want to support you, not just because it's Pride Month and not just because I have to, but because I want this community better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that mm -hmm. speaks large volumes when you do the small nuanced yeah. moments of being and they're, an and they're almost harder to, to do. They right? are, if and they're, they're, they're going to take less recognition. You're not going to be right. seen by the entire queer community no. as the savior. Yeah. Um, but you're going to be seen to your queer friends and queer people that are in your circle that you are someone that they can trust mm -hmm. and that you are someone that's going to stand up for them no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that you're not afraid to say those things on their behalf because a lot of people, a lot of queer people are afraid to to speak out and to, because they don't right. know what's going to happen. Um, and for a lot of allies, it's a lot easier to speak out because they know what's gonna happen nothing much like a lot right. of it just kind of is brushed under the rug yeah. um but for queer people when they speak out it's like just shut up you're queer like it's it's one of those things where it's uh, it's almost they use it as a scapegoat to just be like well you're queer so you can't really speak to that yeah. um so yeah. along those lines would you and i know you're i'm not expecting to speak on behalf of but on from your point of view mm -hmm. do you see people as either part of the queer community and ally and then everybody else or is there like another category for people to be in i i not that categorizing no, people no, no. is it's, a great it, idea but i i feel that um but it's definitely something that we've you know boxes are something that we put ourselves in um and i think as of now it's started to really kind of shift and mend and mingle and things have started to really just combine to be mm -hmm. and that's why i like excuse me i like using the word queer um because it was a reclaimed word. It was something that was used against us for so long as a hate slur. And we decided to say, no, we are queer. Like it's just a blanket term for who we are as, as queer individuals. We know that we're, we're either gay. And like, that's the hard thing too, is that a lot of like calling someone gay is not nowadays is not as easy. It's, you can't just be gay. There's different levels to things. There's, there's, um, gay in and of itself is men attracted to men. It's not the entire queer community. Um, so when we say queer, we reference more than just gay people. We reference the non-binary people, the ace people that don't feel attraction to someone. Um, but that technically really, uh, for a long time, we're not a part of the queer community, <coughs> but have come to that point, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so I think, I think there's um, a journey for people. And I don't think it's this club of like ally or you're in or you're out, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's this, this progression of like, hey, we're gonna walk beside you and we're gonna get you to a point where you understand um, the world, but also understand what being an ally means. Um, yeah. And I think when people like do their own work and do their own stuff and be like, I'm an ally, it's like, okay, but did you talk to queer people? Did you figure out how you can be an ally? Um, right. and do I think, you know any queer people? <laughs> exactly, right? That's the thing. It's like, I'm an ally. And it's like, do you understand what being an ally means? Um, uh, and I think, I think it's not as simple, but it's not as, as, it is in that same sense of like, it's, it's community 
And everyone has their own journey in the community. Everyone has their own steps that they have to take. And even there's some queer people in the community that don't accept trans people, that don't accept queer or queer sure. as a word. Yeah. And that's their own journey. But we don't just exclude them because they're against a certain people. We try to work with them to help them understand that just like that's who they are, that's how they are as well. So when it comes to that, I'd say that it's definitely a journey. It's definitely something that I think you can be an ally while on that journey to being an ally. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really understand. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, just speak out against things that are wrong that you see yeah. is against people, um, against humanity, um, against queer people. Just say it. Don't don't think it's this really difficult thing they have to figure out, but it's literally like you see something that's wrong, just like call it out. Be like, that's that's right. inappropriate. That's really not. Like, and that's coming from and like that's one of the other big things is that when it comes from a straight person, that it and it goes to another straight person, it almost resounds a little bit bigger. It's a different it's a different level, it's level, a different yeah. voice. Yeah. Um that they don't get to hear every day because queer people are always screaming, but allies aren't always <laughs> screaming. <laughs> but I hope that, hope that kind of... No, that helped. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great yeah. answer. Yeah. So LGBTQ issues have been very big in politics. It's very political. Yeah. And we've kind of touched on this, that it's, it's almost become like you're picking a side, mm. whether you're... It's so like you can say I'm an ally, but it's more of a political stance mm. than actually s supporting the mm -hmm. community. 100%. Um, and I've been wondering recently, and Graham, you asked a similar question, but I'll see if I can make this a little bit broader. In your opinion, do you think it's a topic that should blow up even further? We should like politically like continue oh, to God, talk no. about LGBTQ issues <laughs> or should it simmer? Like what? Because as it continues to become a big issue, like you talked in the United States, it's yeah. not just the supportive voices mm -hmm. that get louder; it's also the hateful voices oh, that yeah. get louder. Oh, so, in your opinion, would we be better off simmering the conversation a bit? Um, when it comes to politics, there's this culture war going on right now. And it's this idea that this woke agenda is so far left. And like the word woke is, don't even get me started <laughs> on that. Look it up. It's <laughs> nothing, yeah. it's nothing like you think it is. Yeah. Um, people use it as this term that's so like far left, but it's literally just a, a word that I think black people used when they were enslaved to be like, we have woken up and they've, they escaped slavery. That mm -hmm. was the whole idea. Um, so I think when it comes to that side of things, I really, I wish it couldn't, it would stop being political. I wish that people would be able to just live their life um, like straight people can without their sexuality being in politics all the time. Um, because that's the other thing too, is that what you do in your own life, what you do in your own bedroom, like that's you. That is not, no, the government does not need to do anything around that. If you are living your life authentically you, if you are not hurting people, 
if you are actively being someone who is just being themselves, I really, I really wish that politics would veer from it because it's not politics. It's humanity. It's science has proven it intersects people specifically um, when it comes to their um, anatomy. It's scientifically proven that it is, it is not something that they can just erase. Um, and so I wish people would stop looking at it through that political lens, but it will always be looked through that political lens as something that the conservative side can use as a pawn in a game to say, well, well, there, you know, we're not for queer people, so we have this entire right side. And then the liberal side has that entire liberal side now. And it, it, for the longest of time, like, I'm pretty sure the government that was in place during um, when the marriage equality when, and when gender was added onto the Charter of Rights and Freedom was the Stephen Harper government, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so that, so. yeah, so that entire conservative government still decided to vote in favor of having queer people be represented. And, you know, it was because we were loud and out, but it was also because that wasn't conservative. That so it was, was a political just, decisions were being made, but it wasn't politicized. It wasn't politicized. Yeah. It was, they looked at it as them were people asking for the right to be themselves. Right. Nowadays, I feel like there's that sense of like, well, now there's too much out there. There's like, oh my gosh, it's too much. Well, they're too woke. They're turning everyone gay. It's like, no. It's, <laughs> well, it's weaponized. Right? Like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's a distraction. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's an oh, easy yeah. soundbite. It's an easy bumper sticker. Exactly. It deflects from what's actually important, mm -hmm. right? Like that's what that with these culture wars, okay. they're just manufactured on us. They're not Oh, 100%. Real, you know what I mean? Like they're they're in we sort of all fall for it. We in do some fall way. for it. Yeah. yeah. We really on both do. Sides of the aisle we do, but and I think even giving giving the news that feed of reading all this information of like, "Oh my gosh, it gives this idea that that's something that we enjoy." And that's something that we're watching and we're like, oh my gosh, like I want to know more. Like this drama, there's <laughs> there's all this stuff going on. I want to know it all. And I feel like the Western world goes with that and they start yeah. to run with it and they just go, well, people are listening to that. So, I mean, why not? And it gives those bigoted voices enough stance that they can really stand up and say, well, I really don't think queer people should exist. And that's okay. And then like to like not that's okay but yeah. to them saying that to right. their supporters they, think they don't okay. think twice yeah. they they say oh yeah that that sounds right like right. every i think that if you've watched the republican debate within the united states right now oh my gosh is this funny um i don't know how you, know how you do it i, 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 I watched it. it once and i honestly i was thought i was watching a comedy show yeah. i was like yeah and like they're talking about the nuclear family and how like the, all of this is wrong, and I'm like, you're you know you that you're just they're just accommodating to one group of people, and that is the noisiest group of people, the ones that are mm -hmm. constantly in your face, the ones that have nothing better to do than to tell you to go die, <laughs> to to fall off the yeah. face of the earth. Well, they vote. And they vote, and that's yeah. the problem: is yeah. that they're in power, they're right. they're sitting there and having people feed them these things. Um, like, 
I, I, I don't like bringing up politics, but even the UCP AGM, they voted on every single policy change except for two. Um, I don't know the two that they didn't, but they voted to, um, and like everyone's been telling me, the UCP is not the government. I know that. I know that. But when an, a party overwhelmingly supports things that mm -hmm. are so far right, not even right, that are just so far whack, that you're just <laughs> like, whoa, like they want to get rid of equity and uh, diversity things in colleges. Um, they don't think transgender women should be considered a woman in a uh, correctional facility. They don't think um, that children should be able to switch their pronouns in school without their parental consent. They don't think they should change their name. All of these different things. And it's almost this fuel that they have um, that determines their drive forward and this idea that it's conservative to hate queer people. It's not. Conservatism <laughs> right. was never about that. Conservatism was about economy, economics, about how to run the country well, how to do all these things. And um, I mean, of course, like, if you ask older queer people, they'll say differently, of course. And um, But I think it was a little bit different. It was... Eh. And yeah. like, that's the other thing too, is you really have to talk with older queer people to understand what the world was like hmm. to them in that point of time. Because for us nowadays, um, it's so much easier for us to look up a statistic and to be able to find that statistic on a very well-based website, like, you know, the Humanitarian Project within the United States or, or EGAL in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, it's so easy, but for people that didn't have that internet access to people who literally had to spread things through newspapers, through word of mouth, these things are completely different. Um, and their fight was something that was completely different. And I applaud them for what they did during their fight because they didn't have social media to garner all these people, but still were able to get a crowd big enough to change the world to what we have now. Um, I don't know if I veered off the topic or not. <laughs> I just like, we were wrapping up 15 minutes ago, so it's okay. That's fine. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Might, are we maybe just to make sure I'm I'm following? <laughs> in in your opinion, we should be having this conversation on a personal, human level. hundred percent. But politically, it would we'd probably be better off. Oh if, yeah. If it if it simmered down. I would I would so. 100% say that is where it's at. I, a lot of people, a lot of queer people don't want their existence debated. Right. They don't want to exactly. see right. their idea <laughs> of who they are up for um, political gain. Right. They don't want to see parties say like, well, we're supportive and then do nothing so to support action. them. Yeah. It's about action. It's about small moments. And actions can be small. Actions can be small. And I think that's the biggest thing is that when, when, when that person trusts you enough that they can come to you and be like, I am not comfortable here. Can we leave? Or they're able to tell you something that they're feeling so so big or that you wouldn't even understand. Like I've had straight people, straight friends where I've been like, I don't feel comfortable here. I have to leave. Like I, I hate it. Um, and they're like, okay, we'll leave. Don't worry. And they leave and they leave with me and they don't just go, well, I don't feel uncomfortable, so I'm just gonna stay. Yeah, right. They they say, "Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's see where we can go yeah. that's safer for us, or safer for you, and for us to to actually have time together with." So, I would say that 
yeah, I would really like to see it depoliticized, but knowing our culture and knowing where it's at, I think we need to start switching the conversation and we need to start saying people are people, humans are humans. And when, when it boils down to it, what we do with our own lives is our own decision. Um, and who we are is our own decision and that's our own journey. And it should not be debated um, by people who don't know who you are. All right, are you guys ready for the last segment where I don't have to do anything but listen (laughs) to you either confess or recommend something? Yes, more than ready. You're ready? Who wants to go first? I will. I'd like to confess that the first time I met Jonathan, which was tonight, Mm -hmm. I was highly offended because he walked in and he said to me, (laughs) you must be the one (laughs) who just became a grandfather today. (laughs) Now, this leads to another confession, which is that I haven't even talked about my new granddaughter who was born today. Uh, Her name is Collins, and I'm pretty pumped. Avery and Kelsey, uh, shout out to you. Avid listeners of the podcast with a beautiful new baby girl. And Saw I'm the picture, so almost excited. Perfect. perfect little face. Yeah. And I can't believe I'm a grandfather. Well, and clearly you can tell because <laughs> you were just having that glow. Oh, all it was is <laughs> you look older than me, really. Yeah. That's all it was. I, I honestly right. was debating. I was like, wait, wait, oh, it could be no, I don't want to hear that part. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, my confession. I was I was on the border of like whether or not who I, who was the actual true. grandpa. No, that confession was just so that I could talk about my granddaughter. So that is Which my be, actual confession. I'm going to find every opportunity to talk about her. It'll be like your version of my band. <laughs> We're yeah. just playing a pose again this Thursday. Come check us out. Nice. Um, I have a recommendation and it is for Blind Man, but not just Blind Man because everyone knows they're our sponsor. We love them. But Hands, shout out to Hands. He, um, I, we moved recently and it was a, you know, moving is a big deal. And he just straight up offered to bring the cube van from the brewery out one night and help me do a couple loads and he just works so hard and he's just the best guy ever so just want to thank hands recommend hands recommend blind man nice recommend moving if you're friends with hands (laughs) especially if only actually if you're friends with hands (laughs) but we also had other other listeners who helped move too so if it was you i appreciate you so much chris you're included in that Mm. tyler didn't show up Ooh, That's fine. I think she may have been out of the country, though, which is okay. Or uh, excuses, excuses. Oh, yeah. to leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, flying man, enhance. Awesome. Man. I would say I have a recommendation. I would say I recommend watching Queer Eye. Um, there's, I think, seven seasons of it so far. And I love it. For one, I ball my ass at every time that I watch that dang show. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, JVN has my heart. Um, gay <laughs> Jesus, always and forever. Um, but honestly, that show helped even my parents kind of understand a lot about queer culture a lot more. Um, I would say it's kind of like queer, but it's it's for the straights. It's it's to help everyone <laughs> understand. Like it's it's definitely like the queer community is not like oh my gosh queer eye. It's more of like all the straights are like oh my gosh queer eye, and it's like yeah. okay yeah it's yeah. queer eye. It's awesome, but I mean calm down about it. But it's yeah. definitely a great show to understand um, 
different perspectives. They go and um, make over people completely complete strangers that know nothing about them. And I remember one of the first episodes they did was of this straight, white, older gentleman, beard, straggly, redneck, middle of the boonies. But they just showed up and they just were like, you know what? Let's just go. And he had so many questions, so many things. And they were explaining stuff to him. They were going through all these things. And it's just a great show to really feel wholesome to, to, to watch with your family. Cause it is one of those ones that you can, it is, I, I think it's like PG 13, but like, it's definitely still on that borderline mm-hmm. of like, it's a great starter show to mm-hmm. really kind of lead you into that conversation of queer identity. Um, yeah. And mainstream idea of that without going so far into the politics or going so far into um past the humanity side of it um and it just kind of focuses on that it focuses on the people that they're helping so i've actually uh learned a lot from that show yeah i've watched uh, specifically the French Tuck. Oh my gosh! Yes, of so, course you have to watch it just for just Tan for Francis tuck. Ta- French Tuck. I remember Y'all the day you started doing is. that, Tyler. I remember that. <laughs> I know I was you telling everybody. Oh my gosh! School? Really? I was like, what is <laughs> that? You guys doing? Are you doing the? I don't know what it is. Are you doing the French Tuck right now? <laughs> <laughs> that, oh no! <laughs> Just needs to watch the show. <laughs> Hopefully, no one like, takes that out of context. <laughs> Chris, French if someone's tuck. listening and they really want to know what the, what the French tuck is, what can they do? Well, you can send all your complaints to <laughs> harmoniousgentleman at gmail dot com, and if I've stepped over that line of humanity and PG-13. It was unintentional. And maybe after I find out, I'll confess on the next episode. Yeah, you'll love it. Once you, the harmonious gentleman. Amazing. I can't imagine what you think it is. Like, I know, I, I know <laughs> That's what I'm trying to Wait, like, what do you... And just, just for the listeners, I'm just sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Not French tucking. But you, just you can follow us. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah, we're on Instagram. Yeah, I guess. And uh, and Facebook, <laughs> Tyler. I, sh- I shouldn't make fun. You got you do you, you make great. I stuff do like for... a good post every seven it's, days. We're not on Threads. Yeah, well, are we? It's or... happening. I'm telling you. Okay, people threads? are in there. Why? <laughs> no, like I'll talk to you after the show. Do people actually use proponent. Threads? He does. Hey, man. Really? If you guys want to go? Now he's kind of strengthening his grandfather clause, isn't he? <laughs> And I'm on threads. <laughs> no, I don't post anything. I just... Okay, I'll talk to you after. Hey, if you listen to the show, we love you. Thank you. It's Wait. been a bit of a longer one, but we appreciate you very much. And... Uh, Jonathan, do you have any... If anyone wants to get in contact yeah. with you, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Lacombe Pride Society. And I think it's the Lacombe Pride Society. Either one, you'll find us. There's only one Lacombe Pride Society. Um, you can always email me for any concerns. It's literally just Jonathan at Um You can also head to our website, which is, again, just LacombePride.com. Um, it, you'll kind of have, we have kind of like a community calendar of things that we're doing. Um, we have like a parent support group uh, every once a month. We have um, like a uh, queer youth drop-in for queer youth and allies um, to just kind of have some fun. We had like recently did a escape room, um, which was awesome. It's actually sponsored by Echo uh, Association as well. Um, they've sponsored our two programs for the next three years, which is awesome. Uh, so the next two years now because it's mm-hmm. one full year. But um, but yeah, so definitely um, check us out there. Um, yeah, I I 
think that's all of the places. Right. I think awesome. I don't know. I was like, I think that's all of them. <laughs> I think I plugged everything right. <laughs> yeah. I just Googled that and I also Googled the French tuck while you guys were talking and I'm clear. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say I, I don't have anything to was confess. Was it the right was it the right French tuck that you're thinking of? <laughs> I don't I was I didn't know. So is it the right one Tyler's thinking of? <laughs> He's wearing a hoodie, so yeah. clearly he can't Nothing French, French tuck. tuck. No, they, well, <laughs> hopefully it's getting late, so I may have to go is. French tuck by myself into bed pretty soon here. <laughs> That's <laughs> on my road. Know what that means, but uh, Jonathan, thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for having <laughs> me. Nice to meet you and chat. Awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, nice to meet you. It's yeah, always thanks great. so much. Yeah, no problem. It's always great to have a great guest on the podcast yep. called Harmonious Gentlemen. 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 Good night. Gentlemen